been good. We've got a great group. Obviously, we brought the five back from last year. But a room likes to compete. We like to get better. We like to make the most of every opportunity. So you do competition as an opportunity to get better and uh, keep improving. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You just heard Alex Bars there on Saturday. He met with the media following practice, talking about the competition in the offensive line room. And I think the biggest competition is between Jermaine Illuminor and also uh, the seventh-round pick out of Ohio State. Um, and now I forget his name. How did I forget his name already? <laughs> how, did I, how did I forget his name from That's a year a ago? How did, how did – anyway, let's bring in Ed. Ed can help me out. Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas at our, our sister station and the RJ. Ed, what's my man's name? Thayer Munford. Never mind. Thayer Munford. Thayer Munford. Jeez. Munford. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, Thayer man. Munford's getting that look at right tackle. Exactly. That's, that's why I was, I was thinking it's such a big deal. I spent all of Friday talking about the competition between Illuminor and, and Munford, and now I can't remember Munford's name. But what, what, have you, what did you think about – the competition and what you saw from the reps that uh, Munford was getting as opposed to uh, Luminor. Yeah, I was thinking Munford might uh, have the edge there. Um, it was funny. I know a couple people tweeted that uh, Luminor is also looking at guard, and then he tweeted back, I haven't played guard. I'm not getting the looks at that. And I'll tell you what, he likes to be on social media no matter what he says because he sees everything that's written um, yep. about him on, on social media, even though he says he's trying to stay off it. So, I think Munford's pushing him. If not, if they, you know, if they started today at Denver, I wouldn't be surprised if Munford was the guy at right tackle. Um, we saw it the other day as well when you and I were practice. How to practice? Munford was taking the first team reps. Um, so uh, that should probably tell Jermaine, you know, a few things to, you know, to get in there. And I'm sure he's competing hard. But um, this is what this is, man. I mean, I know they brought all five back, but you got to open competition. You have that many linemen. You got to see, you know, who came back and, and improved over the off season and who got better and. You know, it's all about competition at this level at every spot. Right, it really is. And, you know, I, I know that they like the, the undrafted free agents that they brought in as well, and Dalton Wagner and really Curtis McClendon. I've been hearing some good things about him, and I don't know if you saw, but, man, that's a big boy. Curtis McClendon is, I mean, that's a big, big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude, all right. Um, and they all said that. And when we talked to Colton Miller, he said that as well. So, yeah, I mean, those are two more guys that, you know, are just going to compete and, they're, you know, they're, they turned out to be a better offensive line last year than everyone thought, but we're not talking about the best offensive line in football. I mean, they can get a lot better, um, and they need to to protect Jimmy G. Um, so I'm, I'm all for it. I think everyone should compete on a daily basis and get the best five out there because you have a quarterback who's had a you know, history of injury problems. You need the best five guys in front of him protecting him. So if it's Thayer Munford, if it's an undrafted, you know, rookie free agent, whoever plays the best in the preseason and they can see during day, you know, um, you know, joint practices and stuff like that, then play the best five you have. Right. That's what you got to do. I mean, they've got to be able to put the best guys out there. And like you say, yeah. I got to keep Jimmy G upright. You mentioned joint practices, Ed. What are you going to be looking for in particular? Like what, what are you trying to see stand out so you can get a better understanding of what this team is or who this team is? I want to see how much Jimmy G plays. I want to see how, what he does. You know, we've sat out there. We've watched the interceptions. I'm not going to go crazy on the interceptions and say, you know, my God, he's going to fall. He's going to, he's going to you know, fall into that trap. Um, Adam Hill had a good note in his column the other day. I think it was in 2019. You might have talked about this. In uh, camp, he threw five straight interceptions. Yeah. Um, and then they went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, you don't really know. Are the, you know, is he, is, are the receivers down with the routes with him yet? Are they on time yet? Um you know, are they are they running things where the defense knows more about it? So I don't want to get too carried away. He's he's throwing some bad balls down the middle, 
um, that have just been bad balls. But I don't want to get too carried away at the interceptions. But I do want to see him against his old team, how much they play him. It'll be interesting because of the foot and, you know, what they want to show. Um, so I'm kind of interested in Jimmy G. I'm interested to see Zamir White um, yeah. and his, his running, uh, you know, being the number one guy right now until Josh comes back. And then I think we're all interested in the defense. Um, you know, they've, they've, I think they've had a really good camp. They've created turnovers. They've got some ball hawks out there. Um, so a lot of things, but those are the main things. I want to see how the defense does against the Niners. But on offense, I really want to see how Jimmy G plays and then Zamir White. Yeah, that's going to be important is how that offense goes up against that 49ers defense. And we know the 49ers yep. defense is really good. Ed Graney is our guest from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, of course, to RJ as well, the Review Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You know, the offense hasn't clicked the, the past few practices, and that's okay. But Jacoby Myers, to me, has had a really kind of quiet, really good camp. What have you saw from Jacoby? Uh, the same thing, and I think you'd expect that, him coming in. Um, as good as he is, um, you know, so many eyes go to Devonte, and even I think Hunter's had a really good camp as well. Yep. Um, so maybe Jacoby, like you said, uh, Q doesn't stand out on every play, but every, everyone you talk to says what a great camp he's having. Um, whether it's Josh McDaniels or whoever saying, you know, in terms of his route running, in terms of other things that he's done, um, I think he's having a really good camp as well. I think those three receivers are really good. And if, you know, Jimmy G has the time and he's able to get down, with their route running and get down timing with them, I think they could move the ball, you know, extremely well this season if he if he's given the time. And like I said, they, they're on time with each other. And that'll happen. I mean, look, they've still got a long way to go. They haven't played one preseason game yet. They've got a lot of practices left. I think the timing will just keep getting better and better with those guys. And I think he'll play, he'll play a main part in it. What point do you think the Raider Nations to start to worry about the offense? Like, what, what, where do you, what do you think has to happen, or where do you think that they need to get in training camp or the preseason where it's like, okay, maybe there is a slight issue here? I, I think maybe if they don't run the ball at all. I mean, I think, you know, and then the, it'll be more emphasis on Jacobs than if he's coming back. I mean, I do think that the passing game is going to be there. I mean, the kind of passing game that McDaniels employs and the kind of the passing game that, you know, Jimmy G seems to be the best at the quick throws, you know, the short throws, I don't know how often they're going to air it out, even though they have a few guys who can get over the top. Um, but, you know, if they go in and, and the offensive line isn't holding up or they, they don't run the ball really well, that'll just put an onus more on Jacobs and it, how much he's missed. So that's why I'm really looking forward to see Zamir White and Abdul and all these other guys who are filling in for him right now, how productive can they really be? And if they are really productive, that might put an onus on Josh to come in. Right. You know, if, they're, if they're not, and he sees that, you know, who, who knows what could happen. But um, if they if they're running the ball well and, and everything's going well and they're blocking well for him, um, you might see Josh Jacobs sooner than later. Ed Graney is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary rough. This talking all things Raiders training camp. You mentioned Hunter Renfro and him having a really good camp, and you know he talked to us, and you could tell he wasn't in a good place last season. It sounds like he's a lot better this season. Can he now be that guy that we probably all expected last year, knowing the history of the slot receiver in McDaniel's offense? Can he now be that guy, fill that void this year? Oh, I think he can for sure uh, if he stays healthy. Um, you know, he had the injury issues last year. Hunter uh, is not going to get outworked by anybody. I think he probably went home uh, and, and really got back to basics of where he came from and, and how hard he worked to get to where he is now. Um, very honest. Obviously, you were in there when he was talking very upfront about what he thought about last year. Didn't dodge a question. Didn't dodge, you know, how he felt about his performance, what he thought about what had happened all last year. So I think he can very well be that slot receiver that's you know performs well in this offense if he stays healthy. Um, I don't know about you, but I haven't 
I maybe seen like one drop from him this camp. I mean, right. I and I'm, I don't look at every route. I mean, I'm looking at other things that you are, but he seems to be having a great camp. And uh, you know, and 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 again, Jimmy T in that offense, and you know, he he knows the offense as well as anyone. That's a position in, in that offense after you know Buffalo a lot, you know, because of how the offense is up. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here on, on Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, go ahead and try to reconnect him or, or try to get him because he started to, his phone started to robot on us, and I don't want to I don't want to get uh, I don't want to have that bad audio. Uh, but yeah, Ed's talking about some really good stuff. I wanted to ask him a couple of questions real quick about the defense uh, before we let him go. But yeah, Hunter has been looking good. You know, he's been looking like a guy that's tough to guard, right? He looks like the Hunter that everyone expects again. And if Hunter and Jacoby could all of a sudden be those compliments to Devontae Adams, then they could be on to something. But like Ed was mentioning, Jimmy G's got to be on the same page with them. And Ed Graney joins us again on the phone line. Ed, your, your phone started to cut out, so I'm glad that we were able to reconnect. Wanted to ask you about this, the defense. This, uh, this, this darn Summerlin area. <laughs> we're, always, we're always cutting out of something up here. Hey, man, it, it happens. It happens. I'm not mad at you. But I wanted to ask you about the defense real quick and there's been a Trayvon Merrick sighting Saturday and Sunday he or Friday and Saturday excuse me he he's made some plays and it looks like him and Marcus Epps are really comfortable with with each other do you think he's starting to figure things out yeah I do and he has to figure things out right he's got to be better than he was last year like a lot of these defensive guys and they're getting pushed by other people as well which I think is good also and you know you go to competition at some of these spots and you know I think Trayvon's looked really good I agree with you there he's got to be better than he was last year and again just another year in the system, I think, is just huge for a lot of these guys. I, I, I think, you know, knowing what Patrick Graham wants, knowing how he wants you to play, knowing where you need to be, um, I just I don't think you can overstate how important another year in a system is, whether it be offensively or defensively, right? Um, look at Hunter, what Hunter said yeah. about, you know, just knowing more now, just knowing what Josh wants out of certain plays and how important that is. And I think you can translate to whether it's Trayvon Morgan or other people on defense, I think the same happens over there. I think the more experience you get playing in somewhere, the better you're going to be. And you and I both know they need to be better. Um, and you and I both know they need to create turnovers. You know, that's the thing about Jimmy G and these interceptions. And I think Josh talked about it the other day. Um, you know, as a head coach, you're never really happy because if it's a day the offense wins, the defense didn't play well and the vice versa. But at this point, given what the defense has been in recent years, if I'm a head coach, I want the defense winning a little more because I think the offense yeah. is going to be fine. I think the offense is going to be fine. I want the defense creating those turnovers. And maybe, like I said, it's more he's not on time with his receivers. Maybe, like, when the games start, that's going to be fine. He's not going to be throwing those. But when you have interceptions like they have, it can do nothing but good for a defense and give them confidence and, and, and make them believe that they can create these turnovers because that's what they need. They need confidence, and they need to, you know, show it on the field that they can create these turnovers. So, if I'm him in the back of my mind, I'm not so mad when the defense wins a, wins a day because I'm probably pretty confident that the offense will move the ball. Yeah, I agree. One guy that has a lot of confidence that creates a lot of turnovers is Marcus Peters, and he spoke with us on Saturday, yep. and I learned a lot about Marcus Peters on Saturday. I felt like that he's a, a much more of a leader than I even thought he was going to be with the Raiders. I really didn't know what to expect from Marcus Peters, but from what you heard and what you've seen so far from that secondary between Peters and Hobbs and Bennett, what have you seen, and, and how much do you think that, that addition of Peters has helped them? I think it's huge. I mean, you, you mentioned to Corey Bennett. I mean, how, 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 how cool is it for him to be able to go over to Marcus Peters after every play and get advice? Right. And, Nate, and Nate Hobbs as well, to go over to someone like Marcus Peters and get advice. Um, I agreed with you about Marcus Peters. And, you know, obviously he's stoked to be here. Um, grew up an Oakland Raiders fan. 
uh, said his dad wouldn't wear any any of his jerseys because it wasn't a Raiders jersey. Now he can wear his jersey. Um, I I really enjoyed talking to him, and I think you did as well. Yep. Um, he's a leader. He's extremely confident. There's no question about that. But you know what? He plays the one position in football where you have to have the most confidence. Yep. So I'm not surprised about that because if you're not confident at that position, you, you have absolutely no chance to succeed. So he came off as a leader, and he said he had no problem talking to these young guys. Um, that's huge for a kid like Bennett, who's had a really good camp, I think. I think you think as well. He's, he's had a really good camp. But, you know, he's going to make mistakes. He's a young guy. And to have Marcus Peters in the film room with him and showing him things on film and, and going over and talking to him after plays, that's invaluable. It really is. And, again, just talking to Marcus on Saturday, I didn't know. You know, Ed, every veteran does not want to embrace the role of the mentor and the guy who's teaching the young guy to basically take his job. But he was he sounded like he was excited to play that role and that that was, that was almost like an honor for him. And I think that that goes a long way. Yeah, and I think it comes back to his confidence that he mm-hmm. knows he's going to be the guy over there and he knows, you know, he's the one and they're going to have to decide on the other side and the other spot. But – um, I think when you have that much confidence in yourself and you know you're going to be one of the guys, it's easier to be the leader, be the mentor. Um, he's he's the one they're going to count on most. So I don't think he's fighting for a spot like other guys, and that helps. Um, that helps a lot. So yeah, I think uh, I think him being a mentor is huge, and 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 those guys being able to feed off him is big. It is. It really is. And again, I mean, if the season started today, I would say Jacorian and, and Peters is the two starters yep. and Hobbs yep. is in the slot. Right. And it just it yep. just seems like that that is is where it's trending. And, you know, I'll say this as well. And we'll talk about the linebacking core as we close things out. Uh, Robert Spillane I, uh, he's another guy. I didn't know what to expect. I know he's not great in coverage. We saw him come up with an interception on Friday. He just looks like he's playing a good role for the Raiders as well. He wanted that green dot cue. Yep. Yeah, he, he did. He wanted it. He, he did. He wanted the best. Yeah, I mean, between him, Diablo, Luke Masterson, I think Luke Masterson's another guy, along with playing that, you know, can can have good years and can, you know, flourish in the system. We'll see what uh we'll see what Splane does in, 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 in his first year in the system. Um I think Masterson's gonna be a lot better. He started seven games last year, had like sixty tackles, he was up and down. Uh I mean, this time last year he was trying not to be cut. Right. He makes a team on spe- he makes a team on special teams and he ends up starting seven games, plays in all seventeen. So I think between those three, that's the one position you, we talk about. What we want to see in the joint practices, I think we want to see that position as well because I think we'd agree if there's, you know, if there's a real real question mark defensively, it might be that position. Yep. Um, I think once they assign Marcus Peters, that kind of you know honed down that position and the way Bennett's playing. I know he's really young and we know Nate Hobbs uh, comes off. If he can get him off and be healthy, not catch any more softballs, he's, <laughs> he's probably going to be fine. And, you know, he can return to form maybe from two years ago. But um, the linebacker position, I think we both agree on paper at least, and it's just on paper, is probably the position most people are going to watch closely because I think if you said, okay, what's their weakest position on paper defensively, fair or not, I think that would be it. So. Yeah. That will be interesting to see, obviously, in the joint practices and in the games as well. Yeah, that's what I would say. I, I would say that right now, linebacking is still the biggest question as far as yep. Raiders' defense goes. But I think there's been a lot of nice additions. You know, they brought in some veterans like Epps, like Spillane, Peters, you know, guys that have been there, done that to kind of help bring these young guys along. And, Ed, I know people don't say that the Raiders made a bunch of flashy and, and, and great sexy moves on defense, but they brought in a lot of young dudes, right? And so they've got to have those veterans to help show them the, show them the ropes and, and really – execute the way that they want to, that veteran leadership might be able to help this defense be good enough to complement the offense that I think is going to be pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what did we hear all offseason? Well, they're just bringing in depth. They're just bringing in depth. They're not really bringing in, like you said, the, you know, the sexy names or the big-time names. But if the depth's good enough, and, you know, there's a couple, as we know, there's a couple defensive linemen, the young guys that we're waiting to see um, uh, and, and get them in there and see how they look. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, maybe the depth is good enough. You know, right. they brought in a lot of names. They brought in a lot of guys. And competition, you know, you know, cream rises to the top. So, you know, if you're if you're competing and, and, you know, maybe you thought a depth piece, maybe competition gets you to where you're, you know, now you're starting or you're making a big impact. So, like I said, I think I think them playing as well as they have in camp is going to mean a lot. I know it's camp. I know you're going against your own team, but it's better than walking off the field every day having the offense won. <laughs> right. um, that, that, that's much better. And I think McDaniels would say that because I agree with you. I think the offense is going to be fine. It's all, it's all, look, it's coming down to two things. Is Jimmy G healthy and can they stop anybody? Right. That's, Simple as that, that. That's what it comes down to. Is Jimmy G stay healthy and can they stop anybody? And if those two things happen, then who knows? Then that number might be rising a little. You know, you, you said that. You worded that like you write for a living. <laughs> like, like you <laughs> some write days, some columns. <laughs> some days might, people might agree with you. Many, many days not. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of writing, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, Raider stuff this week with the joint practices, but also getting into UNLV, this conference shakeup, this realignment. And yeah. I just got off the phone with the AD from UNLV, so we'll have that in the paper this week and see what he says about you know what's going on with UNLV. Because the Rebels, man, you got to everything's happening around you. You got to make a decision for yourself now, also. Yeah, there's no doubt. You got to um, blank or get off the pot. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, you got to be in this, man. You got to be on the phone with everybody. Right, exactly. Well, great stuff, Ed. We'll be on the lookout for those pieces. And and the UNLV stuff is interesting as well because college football is, is, man, it's crazy right now. So uh, thanks so much for your time, brother. Appreciate you. We'll see you this week. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you this week. All right, there he goes. Ed Grady from the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, writes all his great work there. You can definitely check him out. You can check him out on Twitter as well, at Ed Grady. And, of course, you can hear him on the press box on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., along with Tyler Bischoff. So uh, good stuff there from Ed. Uh, Ari, before we take a break, I wanted to go ahead and and play a couple pieces of sound real quick as we got so much that we want to interject in throughout the course of the show. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to do a lot of good stuff here on the show today. we got Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game. He's going to join us at 3.30, kind of give us a preview of what to look for when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. But I wanted to hear from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels and just talk about communication because that's been something that so far in my eyes I've been seeing a lot of with the defensive backs. Talk about the secondary as far as the safeties go and the corners. Looks like their communication has been better. They have some good veteran leadership like Marcus Epps and Marcus Peters. And here's Coach McDaniels talking about that communication. I think we have a lot of um, a lot of guys that have really taken ownership of the communication on that side of the ball. Um, you know, I think we're 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 starting to see uh, where we're more connected um, on a play-to-play basis. And you know, defense is all about eleven guys, you know, playing together. And if you got nine guys doing one thing and two doing another, you know, it's tough to it's tough to win because usually the offense will find the the problem. Um, I think Marcus does a tremendous job of communicating. Um, he's a very mature player. He loves football. The conversation is almost always about football, whether we're at practice, in the building, um, you know, eating lunch. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Marcus is really uh, all in. I think he's rubbed off on some of his teammates. Um, and I see Trayvon, and he almost, you know, they're kind of like a, a pair walking through the building. and. I think for guys that play together in, in the secondary back there at safety, I think that's a really good thing. So 
Um, I just, you know, I think our, our guys are really embracing what we're doing. Um, and, and again, that secondary as a whole, uh, and I'd include the linebacker group in there, you know, if you know what you do, if you know what you're going to do on every play, you know your job, you know where your teammates are going to be, it allows you to be more aggressive and play faster, and I think we're, we're starting to see some of that. I'm going to go back to more Coach McDaniel sound throughout the course of the show and, and even right here. But before that, I want to go to what Nate Hobbs had to say yesterday because I got a good laugh out of it. You heard him talking about Marcus Epps and Trayvon Merrick, how they are side-by-side. Side. They're both safeties. Uh, obviously, they, they are communicating a lot. I think the addition of Marcus Epps has helped out quite a bit with Trayvon Merrick kind of understanding what he's doing. So Hondo, I believe Hondo, yeah, Hondo asked – Nate Hobbs about the – I think it was Hondo. I'm not too sure. Anyway, I know he had the follow-up question, <laughs> which is actually the funny part of the story. But he, Nate Hobbs was asked about the communication between – oh, actually, I think the question is, is, is on here too. Uh, so Nate Hobbs was asked about uh, Marcus Epps and Trayvon Merrick and, and them getting along so well and, and really helping each other out, and if he was surprised. Check it out. I mentioned that Epps – uh, seems like he and Trayvon have clicked pretty quickly together. Does that been your impression? Most of you guys getting uh, in sync pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They both light skinned, so you know how that go. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Though they 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 got a pretty bite, uh, tight deal right now. All right, so it's Vic Tafer that asked the question right there about Marcus Epps and Trayvon Merrick, and the answer that Nate gave was actually kind of funny. As being a dark skinned black man, it's pretty funny when he said that they're. They're light-skinned. I got a good laugh out of it. Um, uh, we had others in the room that you can clearly hear that had a good laugh out of it. But Hondo was so confused. And so when Nate said that, he immediately looked at me and was like, what does that mean? And then he also, he also asked Nate after the, the whole media session was over while Nate was walking out. Because I didn't answer because Nate was still talking. So I wasn't going to sit there and respond to what team light skin mean or they were light skin. Which, I, again, I think is funny. I say that about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson all the time. But, you know, it's just, just having a good time. So anyway, <laughs> I got a good laugh out of it. Uh, we, you know, we have plenty of people that had good laughs out of it. But Hondo was so confused. And so he asked, he asked Nate Hobbs about it leaving the, the room, the media room. And he thought that, that Nate said – they're both white-skinned instead of light-skinned. So that made Nate erupt. I mean, er Nate's laugh was the loudest laugh. And I felt so bad because Hondo thought that he, like, asked something wrong. And I was like, nah, dude, it was, it was just funny. It's just conversation that probably we should have had off to the side as opposed to at the podium. But, I mean, whatever. It was what it was. But it was the funniest thing. So when I heard Josh McDaniels talking about Trayvon Merrick and Marcus Epps, I had to bring that up. And that's going to be one of those conversations that's going to happen in the locker room if it hasn't already ha happened. I'm sure Nate probably went back to the locker room and was like, oh, man, I just had the funniest moment on your YouTube expense. But they, got, they all like each other. They all like each other a lot, clearly. They all don't have a problem, uh, you know, having, having fun with each other on each other's expense. But that was, that was to me, that, I mean, that had me dying. When he, when, when he responded like that, I was, I was dying. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And then I had to be the spokesman, and I had to explain what all that stuff meant. So, you know, sometimes when you're the OG in the room, <laughs> what, is my, what did Tyreek Hill call me? Old school. When you're old school, sometimes you just got to gotta bear it, man. You got to be the guy to explain what, what happened and what's going down. So it was, it was funny. Like I said, I felt bad because Hondo felt bad, and he thought he did something wrong, and he didn't. But, of course, someone is not knowing. I mean, they're, you know, they're kind of in, in a bad position. But it was funny because Nate was like, when, when he asked Nate the question, the follow-up, Nate was like, 
Uh, after he laughed, he was like, "Oh, don't worry, you're good. It doesn't it doesn't pertain to you. You're you're good." So anyway, that was a that was good time. Little uh, humor there from one Nate Hobbs. Real quickly, going back to uh, head coach Josh McDaniels and what he was saying on Sunday when he met with us, I asked him the question about the fact that I'm seeing the defense trying to make turnovers, trying to create turnovers, either get their hands on the ball or even punch it out. If Devontae catches it, there's three guys trying to punch it out. If Hunter catches it, three guys are trying to punch it out. Anyone, I mean, that's just how it is. Jacoby Myers, same thing. Somebody's running the ball, Zamir White, boom, they're all trying to punch it out. So it's habit for me. So I told him that I'm noticing that, and how does he feel? Is he pretty pleased with the fact that that's happening now in practice? We've talked since the beginning of the offseason about, you know, being able to uh, create more explosive plays defensively in terms of, you know, turnovers or negative plays. And I think, you know, if you practice it, you know, and you practice it and it becomes kind of part of your uh, how you play on every play, uh, you're hoping that that's going to carry over because, you know, you can't just not work on something and then the game start and say, okay, let's just force turnovers. You know, you have to be able to try to do that in practice and work on the skills. Uh, and techniques that require that you know that, that are required in order to do that. So I see our defense really um, challenging the offense in many ways. I think we have drills you guys see us run every day that you know are focused on trying to get the ball loose or get it out. Um, I think we've had a number of guys that you know have gotten closer to the football or gotten their hands on the ball um, and caught the ball. You know, so um, very uh, that's a that's a good part of training camp, you know, to be able, be able to build those fundamentals and start to gain some confidence in your ability to do that as a unit. Um, obviously, nothing provides more energy to the defense than when they take the ball away. So um, good to see in that regard. And offensively, we're trying to do a good job as best we can to try to keep it away from them, too. So, um, you know, it's a good battle. Head coach Josh Rutanos right there talking about the defense and trying to create turnovers in practice, and that's habit forming, and that's something that they've got to do, and that's something that even in mandatory minicamp I was getting angry at when I didn't see the effort and the energy to try to get to the ball and try to, to make a play on the ball. And, and I'll tell you, I don't want to give Marcus Peters all the credit in the world, but it just feels like, it really does, it feels like that his presence has kind of been, become infectious. And certain people have that personality where they're so infectious that you just want to go out there and do what they do or feel like they feel and feel confident like they do and then go out there and play at your best level. We'll close out with this. Uh, here's Josh McDaniels talking about Marcus Peters, that mindset, and if it is, transferable. Yeah, I think sometimes it can be, um, you know, contagious in, in a way. Um, you know, and, and, and people, people, I know sometimes people, you know, think he – takes um, chances. Um, I don't really consider it that if it's calculated and it's, you know, you use your preparation um, to, to be able to go do those things. Um, that's just being a smart player, you know, and having enough instincts to be able to do those things. So, um, you know, Marcus has done it for a long time. And so I think there's some things to be learned from him, you know, with the other guys in the secondary. And, um, you know, I think our defense, like I said, it, to Hondo a minute ago, I think there's a lot of things in our defense. You know, we got some uh, elder statesmen there now and some guys that have some wisdom experience that I think is, uh, is good for the whole group. Head coach Josh McDaniels right there just talking about Marcus Peters and his personality and, you know, his, his style of play and, and if it's transferable. And I'll tell you right now, it's transferred so far. <laughs> what I've seen from those defensive players, especially in the secondary, whether it's the safeties or the corners, it's definitely been transferable. 3.27 is the time. Joining us next, Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game will give us a little bit of a 49er preview. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Two tight ends in and a fullback. Snap, handoff, Jacobs trying the middle. He walks in. Touchdown Raiders, Josh Jacobs. 
his 12th rushing touchdown of the season, and the Raiders are an extra point away from tying this game with 111 on the clock. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That Josh Jacobs touchdown was actually from New Year's 2023. Josh Jacobs versus the 49ers tied that game up. They went to overtime. The 49ers won that after a big hit on Jarrett Stidham. The 49ers were able to go down and score immediately in game, set, match. It was a wrap, but that was a nice little Josh Jacobs uh, touchdown there. One of his uh, many touchdowns, one of the many 12 he had in 2022. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk all things 49ers as they come to town this week is our good friend Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game. Does the morning roast each and every morning. And Bonte, thanks so much for your time, my man. I definitely appreciate you. As uh, training camp has been going on, I'm assuming that the biggest theme has been the quarterback situation and the health of one Brock Purdy. Is that Would that be correct and accurate? Hey, Q, I think you would be correct there, my friend. The quarterback situation, quarterbacks make the world go around. I mean, it could be Nick Bosa, although I don't think as many people are worried about Nick Bosa being out for week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But so far, the quarterback story, whether it's Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Troy Lance, Brendan Allen, it is a circus out here. And we'll see when it gets sorted out August 29th. Is Brock Purdy or what is the health status of Brock Purdy right now? So they have Brock Purdy going every three days and then taking a rest day, right? Okay. So he goes every every two days. Sometimes he'll do the man, he'll do the three days, but basically he gets a rest day, maybe two rest days a week. And quote unquote, he's been ripping it. Now his downfield accuracy, from what I've seen so far, and a couple other journalists as well, the downfield accuracy isn't quite there yet. Now he's going to struggle against a defense that was top five in the National Football League last year. I'll give him that caveat. Uh, it's a caveat we didn't give Trey Lance last season when he actually went against Balsa and the rest of that defense. So it's no, it's it's not easy going against Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw every single day in practice. But he has his good days, he has his bad days. Most importantly, is hopefully he shakes off the rust by uh, week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I don't know how much we're going to see of him in the joint practices, the, the preseason game itself on Sunday. But hopefully Brock Purdy can get some rest because I don't think he's good enough to just say, you know what, screw the preseason. Let's just rest my elbow for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bonte Hills, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things 49ers as they're headed to camp, so are headed to, to Vegas to have a joint practice, a couple of joint practices with the Silver and Black. So Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, you mentioned those guys as well. I guess one of those two guys is the primary backup. Is there a leader in the clubhouse yet? Yeah, not, not yet. Uh, they both had their good days. They both had their bad days. I think Trey Lance has been a little more consistent than Sam Darnold. And where Sam Darnold throws a football cue, really, it, it's a really strange ball placement for where he delivers that football in the pocket, almost down at his waist, and he comes up, and you, you wonder why he fumbled or, or lost six fumbles over the last two years in just 15 games. I mean, he lost 15 fumbles, excuse me, 18 games. He lost 15 fumbles in 18 games. It's really a fumble a game. And he lost six of them. Overall, he's thrown 55 interceptions. I don't have to tell you guys down there, he's seen ghosts. And whenever we see him drop back in the pocket, whether there's a pass rush or whatnot, you can see Sam Darnold get antsy in that pocket. At least Trey Lance feels comfortable to where he can escape the pocket and get, get a first down with his legs. Sam Darnold, man, he's a turnover machine. If you're a turnover machine, you're probably not going to play for him. Just ask Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> right, there's no doubt. You got to be able to protect that ball. So what? I mean, Trey Lance has been the biggest mystery, and I know he's a. It's probably a question that you can't really answer yet. But what is up with Trey Lance? Is there ever going to be a time when you look at Trey Lance and say, "Hey, he's going to be the quarterback for this team"? You really don't know, Q. You really <laughs> don't know. 
I mean, what a far cry from a season ago when he came into training camp as the de facto number one quarterback. And with the Chicago week one, and we know how that ended. And then, of course, he breaks his ankle in week two. I thought he pushed Jimmy Garoppolo his rookie season. And I know a lot of my minor fans like myself would have loved to see him just start week one of that season and just give him the keys to the Ferrari. I get that you had a Super Bowl team, but you know what? All you got to do is take care of the football and not turn it over. And so you got this defense here that's getting interceptions, getting sacks. I, I don't know, man. It, it feels like a bot situation right now. And you hear the murmurs about, well, Kyle Shanahan really didn't want Trey Lance. He really wanted Matt Jones. Well, go back and listen to the way Kyle Shanahan described Josh Allen after the Bills lit up the 49ers in Glendale, Arizona during, this, during the pandemic season, where he talked about the future quarterback, like, you know, those, those big arm guys who could move like Josh Allen. It feels like he fell in love with that. Heck, you can look at his father, Mike Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Mike Shanahan. Think about all the quarterbacks he, he tutored. All right, John Elway. Then he goes to San Francisco with Steve Young. Steve Young has the best season of his career. He goes back to Denver, helps John Elway win two Super Bowls with a great running game. Jake Plumber, Jake Cutler, big, strong-arm guys who can move in the pocket. Now, Steve Young probably had the weakest arm of that group, but you get what I'm saying here, too. Yeah. It's a specific type of quarterback that Mike Shanahan fell in love with, and I think Kyle does as well. So, at some point, you got to figure that this 49ers brass would have seen Trey Lance at one, at one point. I mean, trading three picks – the capital that they gave to Miami and not be able to know who he is, uh, it will behoove the Niners to see what he's about in year seven of the Shanahan era. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, Bonte Hill is our guest from 95.7 The Game here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So the defense obviously was top five last year. The defense was lights out. D'Amico Ryans is now in Houston. Steve Wilkes is the guy as a defensive coordinator. He's a hell of a coach as well. Does the defense look any different under Coach Wilkes as it did under Coach Ryans? You know, that's a great question, Q, because I I feel like this defense may be a little more aggressive than D'Amico Ryans' defense or Robert Salo's defense, who's, you know, the coach of the New York Jets, of course. Uh, I feel like Steve Wilkes will blitz a little more with this personnel. I've seen at times in practice Fred Warner lining up on the edge and blitzing off the edge. That's something that I haven't really seen under D'Amico Ryans or Robert Sala. Usually you see Fred Warner blitz through the zero gap right over that center, right? So uh, he's lining up on the edge at times. And he's a secondary specialist. So you see him before and after practice talking to guys like Charverius Ward and Diamond Lenore, doing some hands-on stuff with them individually. I expect his defense to be a slight bit more aggressive. Now, when you have a Nick Bosa and you have Javon Hargrave, two guys who get to the quarterback at will, maybe you limit those blitzes because you know some of the big boys in this league, the Mahomes, the Burroughs, the Lawrences, the Allens, uh, Jalen Hurts, those guys will kill you with the blitz if you blitz them. So uh, you want to be careful when when you do blitz. But I feel like this defense, Q, is going to be a little more aggressive. We're going to see a little more uh, stunts, a little more blitzes here and there. So I think we'll see a little more exotic defenses here with the 49ers in 2023. So they got the joint practices at the end of the week. We're all looking forward to that, to see where the Raiders are and obviously see where the 49ers are. What will you be looking for? Like what does What needs to stand out for you when they have these joint practices this week? Well, the obvious one is quarterback, right? Q, you want to see which quarterback stands out against this Raiders defense, whether it's Brock Darnold or Trey Lance. But I'm looking at this offensive line. Colton okay. McKivitz at times is going to have Matt Max Crosby lying right up over him. How is Colton McKivitz going to hold up that off- at right tackle for the 49ers, replacing Mike McGlinchey, who was a better run blocker, a powerful run blocker, but he st- struggled in pass protection? How is Colton McKivitz going to hold up against Matt Max? And then what other receiver steps up outside of Brennan Ayuk? And Debo Samuel? Is it going to be Juwan Jennings? Is it going to be one of these scat guys and uh, Danny Gray who can run a fly route but can't do much of else? Uh, Ronnie, Brett, Ronnie Bell, the rookie out of Michigan, the slot guy who made big plays for the Wolverines all last season. 
what's other receivers going to step up outside of the starters here? Something I'm intrigued with, Q. What about Christian McCaffrey? I mean, I, I say that, and probably most people say, well, Christian McCaffrey is going to be Christian McCaffrey, but the Niners picked him up midseason, right before the trade deadline uh, last season. So how much better can he even be in this offense uh, now that he's been there a whole offseason? I mean, sky's the limit for Christian McCaffrey. We're talking a thousand, a thousand out here, but some people are saying, well, you don't want to use him that much. You want to keep him fresh from the playoffs. Look, this guy's a bulldog. He doesn't yeah. have an ounce of body fat on him. You know, you're checking down to him. He's getting seven yards. He's putting your offense in second and three situations, third and one, second and ones, because of everything that he can do. I remember a specific play last season against the L.A. Rams at SoFi Stadium. Christian McCaffrey was, Christian McCaffrey was carving up the Rams. And there was one play where Christian McCaffrey leaked out to the left flat. The linebacker, I believe, was Malcolm Brown. I could be wrong, number 53 from the Rams. Name is slipping me. But he sprints out to the flat to go cover Chris McCaffrey. And George Kittle, for maybe the first time in his 49ers career, is wide open down the seam because of the attention mm. and the gravity that Chris McCaffrey possesses. I expect Shanahan to do everything with him. Throw, run, line up in the slot, line up out wide. I mean, he could do a little bit of everything. And so when people say, well, Home run hitting running backs don't matter anymore. Well, just look at the Raiders with Josh Jacobs. Look at the Niners with Christian McCaffrey. Look at the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley. Wait until David Cook, Dalvin Cook lands with the New York Jets. You know, you need a home run hitter, not to mention Derrick Henry. So, uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to do wonders for this offense. And everybody from Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, they're going to see single covers all all game long. Well, I'll tell you what, he'll make life a lot easier for whatever quarterback's behind center, just him being out there because he's that stinking good. Bonte, just got a couple more questions for you. I saw a note that Steve Wilkes was talking about Deshaun Jameson, the undrafted free agent quarterback. Uh, what have you heard about Jameson? Is he a guy that's, uh, that's turning some heads in camp so far? He has turned some heads in camp so far, and there, there may be some special team snaps for the young man. Look, it, he, he's a youngster, right? And the Niners have had developmental type of corners. You look at Sammy Womack III, who's going to get some run. You see Diamond Lenore, who came on last season. He's a mid-round guy where the Niners really coached him up. Kwan Williams, who's now in Denver. Nobody knew who that nickelback was. Next thing you know, he's getting paid by the Broncos due to his nickel blitzes and his physicality. Look, this kid is he's a little – look, he's raw. He's going to get beat. Everybody gets beat in the NFL. But I think he has a shot here in the preseason to steal himself a special teams job. And who knows what happens. Maybe he gets inserted into a game, though. But he has turned some heads there. He's been kind of flying under the radar there for the 49ers, as well as Braden Willis, uh, the tight end for the 49ers. He came out of Oklahoma, late-round pick, was not happy about it. That second tight end spot could be up for grabs for the 49ers outside of George Kittle. You got Ross Dwelly. You got Cameron Latu from Alabama. But Willis, he's kind of that H-back mode. Think of Chris Cooley. Think of who they wanted Jalen Hurd to be uh, out of Baylor. I know you, who you're familiar yeah. with, Q, down there in Waco. Yep. Uh, that's where Willis comes in to play at. So watch out for Braden Willis in these scrimmages, see if he can make some plays and maybe get himself on the field. Yeah, it's, it's always great when you start hearing about an undrafted free agent making some noise. I think that that's pretty pretty awesome because you never know how you get to the league, but uh, once yep. you get there, it's about sticking. Well, Bonte, we'll wrap up with this. We got a text in from Raider Debater from Oakland. He said that he knows you. You know him. He said, hey, ask Bonte if he believes Jimmy G could lead a team to the playoffs and or Super Bowl without a top-five defense. Can he be a primary reason the Raiders go to the playoffs or the Raider, or do the Raiders' defense need to be top 15? But do I believe he can? No, Raider Debater. Shout out to Raider Debater out there. He gets on my nerves on the morning roast every day, so that's my guy. Uh, <laughs> I love him. But, look, I'm eager to see this Jimmy Garoppolo where Josh McDaniel said, just go out and play. 
Because right. Jimmy G says something that's often said, basically that Shanahan runs the offense. You have no input on the offense. You basically just sit in the quarterback room and do what's told. So I'm eager to see Jimmy Garoppolo freelance with Devontae Adams. I don't believe he can lead a team without a top five defense. Boy, he has some weapons out there in Vegas. This will make it or break a year for Jimmy G. He can shut a lot of people up if he leads this Raiders team to a playoff berth and maybe a second-round berth. Jimmy G can do no wrong there. So huge year for Jimmy, although I don't believe he's good enough to take a team to the playoffs or a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm there. Defense. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that they need to have a really good defense. They have the weapons, but I think the defense needs to be there as well. He's yep. a guy that has to have a team all around him. Well, Bonte, are you headed out to Vegas this week? What's the plans? I, I wish I was, man. I wish I was, but I'm going to ask you on there. It's already in our plans. We want to get you on Friday on the morning roast and tell us what's going on in practice. Done I know you have the Raiders wins on. You'll be looking at Jimmy G, but I know you pay attention to everything that's going on around you. So we'll have you on and we'll ask you about Jimmy G and what's going on there with the Raiders. Because look, man, there's a lot of Raider fans still in the Bay and they still care about that silver and black and what's going on with Josh Jacobs and the rest of this roster. So uh, you will be my eyes down there in Henderson, Nevada. I can't wait to hear about the reports there at Trinity Cat, man. I, I'm just so happy football's back, Q. I summer. Yes, yes, no doubt about it. And done deal. Pencil me in, man. I'm on the show Friday morning. That's a fact. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, Q. Can't wait. All right, man. Thanks so much. Great stuff. I appreciate you, brother. Anytime, Q. All right. There he goes. Bonte Hill right there. 95.7 The Game. Morning Roast. Check him out. Does a great job. And, uh, hey, there you go. I'm going to have a spot on Friday morning on the Morning Roast talking all things uh, joint practices when it comes to the Raiders and the 49ers. 345 is the time. We'll get back to the text line. 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Many thanks to Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game. The Morning Roast joined us in the last segment to talk all things 49ers and how they're looking so far. Kind of give us a little bit of preview of what to be paying attention to when joint practices happen. Of course, that's happening Thursday and Friday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. They get back to Raiders, that is, get back to practice on Wednesday. Uh, look forward to that. We should be meeting with, I believe that's the plan, to meet with some of the assistant coaches tomorrow. Uh, there is no practice, but still we'll be out there to talk to some of the assistants, I believe. That's what the plan was last time I checked, so uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, look forward to that. And, man, already 10 days into training camp. That's crazy. If you look at the calendar right now, it's August 7th. Before you know it, it's going to be August 29th. What's August 29th? That's the day that the roster has to go from 90 to 53. <laughs> That's going to happen so fast. Before you know it, the third preseason game is going to be done. The Raiders only have one at home this year. They got this one at Allegiant coming up on Sunday against San Francisco. Then they're in L.A. taking on the Rams, and then they travel to Dallas, or Arlington, I should say, to take on the Cowboys. So those three preseason games, then bada-boom, bada-bing, 53-man roster, and then we're talking about – the first week headed to Denver to take on the Broncos, then headed to Buffalo to take on the Bills, then headed back. Think about this. JT brought this up earlier to me as in, in passing while we were talking about our plans for uh, this Sunday and then obviously the upcoming season. The Raiders play in Allegiant on Sunday, then they don't return to Allegiant till week three of the regular season. Like that, That's kind of wild, right? They, they start their, the preseason in Allegiant, and then they're going to go throughout the course of the preseason and the first couple of weeks of the regular season on the road, and you won't see them back in Allegiant until week three when they host the Pittsburgh Steelers on prime time. And then they're back on the road 
even though it's a home away from home, going to L.A. to take on the Chargers. So there's that. But we've been having a lot of fun on the show today. I came in hot as uh, the wife, when I got to the house, was playing some E-40, you and that. And I thought, okay, it's going down. You and that booty. And that's been stuck in my head. I promise you. Like all the lyrics, I can only sing the hook because the lyrics are stuck in my head, but I can't, I can't say those on the air. You know what I mean? Even though she was listening to the clean version. So she wasn't, you know, she wasn't like dirty in the air with the lyrics. But I know what the real lyrics are. So there's that. So I came in hot today, but we've had a good show so far. and definitely appreciate you. We got winning on the way. Matter of fact, before we uh, – matter of fact, before, before 4.30, we'll get you – matter of fact, I think before 4 o'clock. I mean, Ari's telling me to go on. What are you saying, Ari? What I'm you, ready. Let's do this. You want to do it right now? I'm pumped up, too. I don't have you 40 here, but I'm, I'm ready. All right. Well, hey, man, if you're feeling froggy, then leap. Why don't you go ahead and jump on the phone lines right now, then? 702-365-9200. I'm not talking about you, leap. I was all right. I said so. I shouldn't jump on the phone. I wasn't either. talking about you. Nah, I don't need you. Hey, to I'm feel pumped froggy. up too. All right, all right, all right. Let's go. This guy, I, <laughs> I want to go to New Orleans, and I'm not. I sure. heard that. I hey, who wouldn't away, want though. to, man? Call number nine right now. 702-365-9200. Let's get you registered for four tickets to an Aviators game. It's a loaded summer of fun. We've got two more weeks this week and next week. So we're trying to get someone hooked up, right? We already have winners come out of this show. Grand prize winners come out of this show. Now I want to make sure another grand prize winner comes out of this show. So call number nine right now at 702-365-9200. We're going to get you qualified for four tickets to the Aviators game, but that's going to get you one step closer to five days having a great time in New Orleans, a show on a riverboat, a swamp tour on an airboat, and $1,000 spending money. We got that. We got that for you. And I don't know if you've ever been on an airboat. I did this in Florida. Uh, myself, Mama Q, and the whole family, we were in Florida. Uh, we went to Orlando, as a matter of fact, and we went on an airboat, and it was pretty pretty wild, pretty fun. So you're going to do that in New Orleans, which is a much more fun city <laughs> than Orlando, right? But, you know, hey, we had a good time. Don't get me wrong. But in New Orleans, an airboat, who knows what you might see, right? You might see some, some folks trying to walk on water or something. I mean, you, you never know, right? Things get crazy in New Orleans. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, call number nine. Hit us up right now, 702-365-9200. We're going to get you registered for four tickets to the Aviators game in the Lotus Summer of Fun. Before we get to the top of the hour, I did want to let you hear from uh, Amber Theo Harris, who's a good friend of the show, and, of course, Dave Ziegler as well. And they were doing a show at the Raiders facility. And, you know, well, Josh Jacobs was brought up in the conversation. So Dave Ziegler was basically asked if there's a Saquon Barkley-type situation that could be possible to get Josh Jacobs into camp. Josh Jacobs, and he's not here. We know the contract situation. There is no contract as of now. How much did what happened in New York with Saquon Barkley and kind of the creativity there to get him in camp and, and add a little something to that one-year deal, how much does that open the door for a similar possibility with Josh? Yeah, we're hopeful it could open a door um, in that way. You know, the contract stuff, are those are really tough situations because, you know, as much as it's about business, there's a personal element that right. gets involved. And, right. you know, at the end of the day in that situation, we weren't able to find enough common ground before that deadline that the league puts in place. And you know, we're hopeful that, um, you know, Josh had one of the, his best seasons in his career in Josh McDaniels' offense. Yeah. So what I would love to see, I think what we'd love to see is to have, for Josh to have a really another, another great year in this offense that he was really productive in and hope to find some more common ground once we're able to do that, um, you know, which isn't until the end of this current season. And so that's what we're hopeful for. And if there's another creative way um, to, to maybe bridge a gap in the meantime, um, you know, that's where we're keeping all options open. We're never going to 
to close the door on something like that. Yeah, we know Josh is a great guy, wants to be here, and hopefully we can get him here. So there you go. There's uh, Amherst Theo Harris and a little Eric Allen right there uh, with Dave Ziegler talking about Josh Jacobs and what it could potentially take or what it should take to get him in camp and the fact that Saquon Barkley was able to sign the tag and get a little extra on top to get him into camp immediately should be something that Josh Jacobs is able to do as well. Spray Nation Radio 920.